0: Welcome! You are listening to Park Avenue Podcast, and this is Rabbi Elliot Cosgrove. While it's always better to hear it live, this is a place to be to catch the music, sermons, and select programs of Park Avenue Synagogue. If you like what you are hearing or want to learn more about the community, please check out our website at www.pasyn.org. Enjoy our latest installment. Shabbat shalom. shalom. It's good to be back. Yes. <laughs> so, were I to have been assigned to write a "How I Spent My Summer Vacation" essay, as I'm sure many students in the room were this past week, the title of my essay would be "A Tale of Two Summers." The first tale is one of unabashed joy. A summer of fun, family, and friends. I traveled to the West Coast, Colorado, Utah, Europe, Israel, and even the Hudson Valley. I attended multiple family simchas. I participated in the World Zionist Congress in Switzerland, about which I'm sure I will speak in the coming weeks. I read multiple novels. I spent quality time with my wife, And my extended family, I'm refreshed, I am excited. I'm grateful most of all to my colleagues who have cared for our community with extraordinary professionalism, commitment and devotion. The first tale is one of pure delight, whose sweetness I will savor for as long as I can. The second tale is less delicious. A summer of mishaps, and misadventures that, though, thank God, never tragic, caused me all sorts of anxiety and aggravation. The airline industry we all know this summer was filled with cancellations and delays, and I had more than my fair share of planes, trains, and automobiles. When I was in Israel, my rental car was hit while it was parked overnight, and to this day, I remain in a Kafkaesque labyrinth of insurance reimbursement. I purchased tickets to a concert in Tel Aviv only to discover at the entrance that my tickets were counterfeit. My biggest... ah yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. My biggest frustration was that I seemed to keep losing things. Prescription sunglasses that fell off while I was swimming in the Mediterranean, a bathing suit that flew away as it hung to dry on a hotel balcony, a series of self-inflicted lost objects, triggering in me endless aggravation and granting my perpetually iPhone-losing children smug satisfaction. (laughs) The coup de grace happened earlier this week, upon my return from Israel, when I arrived home to discover that I had left my laptop in the seat pocket of the airplane. I filled out the online forms. I spent hours on the phone with airline representatives trying to identify the markers that made it mine, the device upon which my and your high holiday future depends. (laughs) Now, through the wonders of Find My iPhone, I could see exactly where my laptop was at JFK, a fact that interested absolutely no one in the aviation industry. So at my wits' end, I canceled my afternoon. I drove back to JFK. I retrieved my laptop in time, as evidence from the words I'm delivering right now, to share a sermon with you this morning. And grateful as I am that it's all just stuff. The second tale of my summer was one of frustrations, more lost objects, lost time, and lost shackles than I care to count. If you've ever found yourself on the losing end of objects, small or large, then know that it's in this week's Torah reading in which you'll find the Ur text of Jewish law regarding lost property and its return. Text states, if you see your fellow's ox or sheep gone astray, says Deuteronomy, do not ignore it. You must surely return it to your fellow. If your fellow doesn't live near you or you do not know who the owner is, you shall bring it home and it shall remain with you until your fellow reclaims it and you shall give it back. You shall do the same with that person's garment. With anything your fellow loses, you must not remain indifferent. From these few verses, the rabbis of the Talmud derive an entire chapter on the subject of hashevat avedah, hashevat, meaning to return, and avedah, meaning that which is lost. The list of laws is deep, and it's breadth and depth. How does one determine when an object is presumed to be lost? How does the location of where the lost object is found, for instance, in an airline seatback, inform our assumptions about the owner's hopes for its retrieval? What are the simanim, in Hebrew, the markers, like an engraved watch, that must be identified in order for a claimant to take ownership of said lost item? May one make use of a found object while waiting for its owner to retrieve it? At what point may the finder of the object presume that the original owner has forfeited their claim to it? To what degree must one publicize the finding of a lost object or incur personal expense in order to return it? Law after law after law on the subject of lost property and the obligations to return that which was lost. More than the specifics of any one law, the Torah and the Talmud seems to be signaling an ethic by which an individual and a society must comport themselves on the subject of the restoration of its citizens' lost items. An ethic that comes to a head by the Talmudic description of how in ancient times, when Israel would celebrate the festivals in Jerusalem's temple, they would gather together around a raised stone, a claimant stone in Hebrew, an even hato'in, a stone of losses or the strayed and engage in a ritual whereby individuals who had lost something would declare what they had lost in hopes of being made whole once again. The deeper I went down the rabbit hole of Talmudic law, I was struck not only by the comforting thought that I'm not the first rabbi to habitually lose things, but also by the realization that maybe the Torah and the Talmud we're talking about more than just lost laptops, swimsuits, and sunglasses. It was the 18th century Moroccan Rabbi Chaim Moshe Ibn Attar, known as the Ora Chaim, who noted that the language of Hashavat Avedah, to return that which is lost, is one and the same as the word chuvah, meaning spiritual return or repentance. In other words, our verses in the Torah are not merely about lost objects, but lost souls, people who have strayed and are in search of return. Most of us, I don't think, own oxen, and the temple no longer stands in Jerusalem. And yet here we all are, just a few weeks before the festival season, in this temple, and all of us are, as it were, gathered at a spiritual lost and found. We search our pockets, panicked at what's missing, relationships that have been misplaced, careless words, that have gone astray, the misdeeds that need to be named and identified in order for our spiritual selves to be restored and made whole. You know, for as long as I can remember, I was always taught that these weeks, prior to the holidays, we conduct a spiritual self-audit, in Hebrew, a cheshbon hanefesh, thinking about where we have wronged others in the year gone by and where others have wronged us. And we should reach out before Yom Kippur to have all those difficult conversations so we can start the year afresh. This year, I find myself moved by a gentler image of lost souls that each one of us have somehow veered from the path, finding ourselves somewhere that we should not be, we didn't intend to be, and yet here we are. We can see the dot on our GPS. We know where we want to be, and now we're looking for that path, the pivots, the redirects, the changes that need to be made, the conversations that need to be had in order to get us there. As Rav Cook, the first chief rabbi of pre-state Palestine, wrote in his book, Orot HaTshuva, Lights of Penitence, the primary task of this season is to return, to do tshuva, to God, of course, but most of all, to our inner souls. We seek to return to the hidden spark within, to be the people we once were, but somehow in the year gone by, seem to have lost track of. And so we arrive here in the temple, as did the ancient Israelites of old. The lost objects that we're seeking sit within our very selves. We take comfort in the knowledge that we're not the only ones engaged in the task we're not the only ones who are feeling lost. We journey this road in the presence of others who are doing the same. It is, as I've shared on many occasions, the very purpose of entering a house of worship, to remind ourselves not who we are, but who we aspire to be. More patient, more forgiving, more loving, more charitable, more community-minded, more connected to each other and to tradition. Our relationships, we know, are not where they should be. Some are suffering from rifts, the identifiable conflicts and clashes that separate us from the people we love. More likely, I imagine, we arrive here thinking about the drifts, the slow and sometimes imperceptible ways that we've drifted from those with whom we were once close, and now the combination of ego and inertia prevent us from retrieving the relationships we once held dear. Perhaps this year, rather than thinking of the Jewish holidays as a way to catalog all of the moments we've let someone down or they let us down, we all dial down the temperature and refrain from the he said, she said, and just recognize that all of us are all just lost souls. We're all just trying to find our way home, and none of us, can do it alone. I'm reminded of that old story of the guy who, while walking home through the woods, falls into a steep hole, so steep that he can't get out. And a doctor passes by, and the guy calls out for help, and the doctor writes out a prescription, throws it in the hole, and keeps walking. And soon enough, a rabbi comes along, and the guy shouts out again for help, and the rabbi writes out a prayer, throws it in the hole, and keeps walking. Eventually, The guy's friend walks by and sees him in the hole. And the friend, well, he jumps into the hole. And the guy turns to his friend and says, are you crazy, now we're both down here. To which his friend grabs hold of his friend's hand and says, yeah, but I've been down here before and I know the way out. The calling, the challenge, and the opportunity of the season is to arrive back home, a destination as close and as far As our beating hearts within. As Psalm 27, the Psalm of the Season states, Achat Sha'alti, one thing I ask, Shivti Bevet Hashem, to return to the house of God. If we want to make it out of the woods, if we want to make it into the clear, if we want to make it home, then we should endeavor to do so together. So let's take each other by the hand, climb our way out, help others do the same, and in so doing, find our way to a restored and renewed year ahead. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to Park Avenue Podcasts, a place to be to catch the music, sermons, and select programs of Park Avenue Synagogue. If you like what you are hearing or want to learn more about the community, please check out our website at www.pasyn.org. See you in shul.